Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'm Levy Dalton, and this is All Drink to That, where we get behind the scenes of the wine business. Recently, while the harvest for the 2012 vintage was in full swing, I traveled to the Piemonte in northern Italy to meet with top winemakers there. I spoke with several well-respected growers and producers in that region, and I wanted to share some of those conversations with you. Here today are Fabio Alessandria of the GB Berlotto Winery in Verduno, and Marta Rinaldi of the lauded Giuseppe Rinaldi in Barolo. These are some of Piemonte's sharpest minds and people who you can draw a lot of informed experience from, here's what they said. Maybe one of the most important and certainly one of the most lauded and coveted producers in Barolo in a traditional idiom is Giuseppe Rinaldi. Giuseppe has been run for several years now by Beppe Rinaldi, who's an iconic, uh, to say the least, and a little bit eccentric producer who is located in a house and cantina right behind the town of Barolo itself. His daughter, Marta Rinaldi, has been working with him in the winery for several years and was willing to sit down for what may be one of her first interviews ever in English. Here's what she had to say about some of the best, most exquisite, ageable Barolo being made today. Hi. Hi, everybody. (laughs) From Barolo. (laughs) How did you get started with the winery? Uh, so my father is uh, the, the fifth uh, generation, and uh, I decided to study enology uh, when I was, I think, at 10 years old. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I always heard us speak about the enological school in Alba that uh, all my father and my grandfather attended. So uh, at uh, 15 years old, uh, I began to study enology for uh, six years with secondary school. And uh, there I met a lot of Sanso winemakers uh, and good friends for the life. And, uh, and then uh, I went to Torino to study viticulture and enology at the university uh, for other three years. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we work uh, more or less uh, as my grandfather did. So uh, it's my father that took me uh, everything. It's- and how would you summarize or in, in your thoughts about the style, if there is such a thing as uh, a Giuseppe Rinaldi style of Barolo? What, what is that wine like? 
uh, I, uh, I always uh, uh, like the traditional Barolo wines, but not only the Barolo wines. Uh, I like uh, uh, the, uh, the wines without the taste of wood in general. So no wood. No wood. Yes. No taste of wood. Yes. Uh, I like uh, the wines that are more uh, honest uh, when you can find uh, the variety. It's not important if they cannot live uh, uh, as, a, as a Barolo, if they are not so rich in tannins. Uh, uh, but already uh, has a, a real uh, good richness in tannins. So to me, it's not necessary to add anything to, uh, to, uh, to the Nebbiolo. And um, it's very important uh, for a wine as Barolo that have to live so many years uh, to make a long maceration. Uh, so you make a great extraction from the skins where the color and the tannins are. Uh, so uh, I agree with who uh, are making long macerations uh, and then a long aging uh, with, uh, with the big bar, my old big bar. And what are the characteristics in terms of flavor that you often find uh, with Nebbiolos that you like? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, is, uh, the beautiful side uh, of this area is that uh, you can find uh, different Baroli because of the soils, because of uh, the expositions of the vineyard. Uh, so it's a richness of the area. You can find, uh, in general, Baroli from Serralunga, for example, uh, more tannic, uh, that, you can, uh, that you have to wait more time for the aging in the bottle. Uh, when you feel maybe more tobacco, more licorice, uh, we, we speak about the taste uh, of the of the marl, especially in Brunate, for example, that is more rich of clay, the soil. In other places, uh, more sandy ones, uh, flavors are more kind, more delicate, also the tannins. Uh, but uh, it's really uh, a rich flavor, the one of Nebbiolo. No? I like uh, the wines, uh, the Barolo wine, uh, uh, when you don't really know uh, how many flavor you, you are feeling. And uh, uh, you know that they are coming from the variety, from the area, not from the, the barrique or uh, something that you are adding. You also make a wonderful Frasia. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what Frasia as a grape variety is like and how you interpret that grape variety? Mm. Frasia, I think it's quite a special variety, very local. Uh, the, the real, the typical Frasia uh, is from uh, Torino, from the area of Chieri. Uh, yes, it's, uh, I think it's the most known Frasia with sparkling wine. They produce it with sparkling wine, but it's completely a different phrase uh, from uh, the, the phrase of Lange. Uh, that uh, is uh, a wine as uh, dolcetto or barbera, so uh, a wine to, to drink uh, uh, quite younger than a Barolo, uh, more easier to drink. Uh, but it's quite uh, uh, different from uh, dolcetto and barbera because uh, it's of the family of Nebbiolo. So it's uh, the mother of Nebbiolo. I did not know that. Uh, genetically, and uh, it's very close to, uh, to Nebbiolo. And the effect is uh, uh, it's less colored than a Barbera, for example. Uh, it's more tannic. Uh, and uh, here in the area, uh, also it's quite uh, uh, strong 
a wild one. We say that phrase is quite wild because here with our clay uh, is going to seem to nebbiolo with the aging. Mm -hmm. And um, how have you seen the area uh, here in you're in the Barolo commune of Barolo. How have you seen that area change since you were a little girl? Have you seen more increased visitors from uh, America and other countries? Has prosperity happened a little bit in this region or what has been the change? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, many things changed uh, 20 years ago, more or less, because uh, uh, many vineyards of uh, Dolcetto or Barbera, many woods, uh, disappeared <laughs> because uh, uh, people began to plant more Nebbiolo to produce Barolo. Uh, yeah, because of uh, the, the money and uh, first. And, uh, and luckily uh, the, the landscape changed uh, a lot. Uh, it's quite full of vineyard, you see. Uh, and uh, we had a lot, a lot of German people Twenty, thirty years ago. Now I don't know why, because maybe economical problems. Uh, uh, they are they are not coming so often. And uh, <laughs> oh, mama, uh, no, no, I don't need to go. No. And uh, now we have more uh, Norwegians, more people from the north. Uh, they are very interesting. Uh, in Barolo and, uh, and food of the area is really a great, uh, great customers uh, than the American people uh, in Japan. Yeah, the the Barolo is going uh, far away around the world. <laughs> but I like most uh, to sell the wine directly to old and private customers uh, and uh, to uh, to sell more wine in Italy and in Piedmont uh, and in Europe because I think that the culture and the food uh, is going to be perfect with that. When do you usually open your own Barolos? Um, at what age do you start to really enjoy them for your own consumption? Uh, I, we like to, um, to open Baroli uh, from 10 years ago, mm -hmm. from 10 years because uh, you you can uh, begin to feel uh, how was really the harvest. Then I I tried Baroli of 40, 50 years, so uh, that's great uh, uh, to uh, to try Barolo that your grandfather made. And uh, Barolo must be a wine not easy to drink young, because it's a wine as Burgundy as Bordeaux to to keep many years. You are in the middle of the 2012 harvest uh, this week and the weeks previous. What has the harvest been like and what has the 2012 vintage shaping up uh, to be in terms of the characteristics? Mm. Uh, it's not so easy this year. We had a lot of snow during the winter in 2011, so that's great. Uh, this summer, uh, the, the vineyard were uh, okay, no problems uh, uh, because of uh, the water, uh, they were good. Uh, but we had some hail uh, in the beginning of August. Uh, luckily, we don't have all the vineyard together. Here is typical to have different uh, crew. Uh, so uh, in Ravera and Le Coste, grapes are not so uh, so health, so good. But in Brunate and Canubi, perfect. Uh, we had a quite uh, uh, warm uh, August and then one week very cold. 
Now this weather uh, it's okay because uh, um, it's quite warm during the day and cold during the night. And that's great for the maturation of Nebbiolo. Uh, today we had some rain. That's no, no good at the moment. But you know, you, you never know. <laughs> well, it wasn't a ton of rain. That was just a little bit. I mean, yeah. um, so when you open a bottle of your own Barolo, do you typically decant it or do you open it in advance? Or how do you approach serving a bottle of your own wine? Um, oh, I never make a decantation. No. Never decant? No, never. Uh, I like uh, uh, to wait maybe just a bit more time in the glass. Uh, but uh, I, I like the wine that stays in their bottle. <laughs> and what are wines outside of this region that uh, you particularly tend to enjoy? Um, I like many, many wines. Uh, I don't like only Barolo or only Piedmontese wines. Uh, you know, you have to be open on your, on your head about uh, differences. So uh, I have many, uh, many friends uh, around Italy and uh, I drink uh, wines from Sicily or from Collio, uh, white wines with maceration, uh, uh, red wines uh, with uh, carbonic fermentation. So uh, I like the, the variety and the richness uh, that there is in wine. And, uh, but I like the, the wines that, are, that shows uh, uh, how they are honest. So the shows uh, the the variety normally. Then uh, I believe that uh, there is uh, a classification uh, in wines, in grapes, in the world. So that are uh, very noble, austere grapes, uh, as Nebbiolo, as Pinot Noir. I don't like so much Bordeaux wines because I don't like so much uh, the taste of the Cabernet. <laughs> That's why. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's not necessary to drink uh, every day a great, uh, big uh, star wine. No, there are many really good wines in the world. <laughs> You're in a uh, situation right now where um, there's a concern that you may not be able to label the wines as you have been uh, with the two crews, the two separate vineyards on the label. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? Uh, debate and situation, and maybe who they should write a letter to if they have a uh, desire to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have at the moment we have this problem because uh, the the European uh, uh, law changed, so uh, il, the disciplinare del Barolo uh, had to change, and uh, at the moment uh, you cannot write uh, two names of two crew uh, to crews on uh, on label Barolo. And uh, since uh, 1992, we began to make uh, every year the two blends. So Barolo Brunate le Coste, Barolo Cannubira Vera. And we always wrote uh, the, the name of the crew because, you know, it's, uh, it's the history and it's important to, to keep in the, in the mind of your customers, uh, the origin of your wine. And uh, now the law is saying that you can write only one name on your label. And of course, the wine, the Barolo inside must be uh, 85% uh, from this vineyard. And, uh, and so uh, it's very, uh, it's, a, it's the, the, the traditional to, uh, to, um, to mix the vineyard because of the differences that we have in the area. So you make your wine uh, more balanced normally. 
Uh, and so uh, maybe uh, I will find uh, the other winemakers that are blending uh, the crews and uh, we, we should uh, uh, write a letter to the ministry and, uh, and ask what we can do. The Italian Ministry of Agriculture? Yes, yes it is in Rome. About 20 years ago, give or take, uh, your, and before that, your grandfather used to make uh, single vineyard Brunate, and then your father, uh, Beppe, decided to blend the vineyard sites together into two different Barolos uh, that are blends of different crews. Um, if a change were to happen in the next 20 or 30 years, what might that change look like, or will there will, is there likely to be no change? Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would like to continue to uh, make the two blends uh, uh, as now. Um, it's possible that uh, we uh, we are going to, as, as my grandfather made, uh, pure Brunate wine, and then the other uh, the other vineyard blended together. It's possible, yeah, because Brunate is the biggest vineyard that we have, so it's not so uh, uh, hard to make uh, one barrel of Brunate. And uh, and Brunate is, uh, is really a great uh, great soil, a great exposition, and wine is very interesting. And uh, uh, it's going to be uh, the the most interesting during the aging, I think. So potentially that could happen again sometime in the yes. very distant future. See, uh, are there foods that aren't Italian foods that you enjoy to drink Barolo with in general? Um, but yes, uh, here in Lange we always eat <laughs> the same thing uh, because we have a, a lot of local uh, product uh, that are really nice uh, with uh, with Barolo. So uh, from different types of pasta, ravioli, tagliatelle, and uh, meat. Uh, sometimes uh, we uh, we are cooking some rice uh, with uh, old Barolo. Uh, yes, but uh, yeah, the the food, the local food, uh, is great for the for our wines. That's normal, I think, everywhere in the world. Are there foods that aren't the local foods that you really like with Barolo? Uh, I, I like all the local food uh, here. See, see, see. Yeah. And um, if visitors come, as often you uh, you. Uh, lead the tours for many visitors because of your different language facilities um, that you speak. Are, are there things that people often don't know about Barolo that maybe they should know? Is there something you'd like to tell people? Um, I have to say that the people that uh, are arriving here, uh, they they know very well the wine. They know the history of the cellar. Maybe they read on internet, on some some books uh, about us. So I, have, I I like to have customers here because normally we have a really uh, great relation. Uh, it is not only a business relation, it's also the humane uh, side of the wine that I like. So I have a customer, so my grandfather coming here every year to buy only six bottles so to say hello. Uh, they, they arrive with some presents, uh, some exchange, so that's great. Up in the northerly Barolo commune of Verduno, there's a winery, GB Perlotto, which was in the Pimonte, one of the very first to actually bottle wine as opposed to sell it in barrel or demijohn to customers. It's a very historically important estate, and it's been returned to prominence by Fabio Alessandria, who shares a name with many producers in that particular 
commune, Verduno, where it seems like every third person is named Alessandria. But he is uh, someone who stands out for both his intellect and his knowledge about not only how to make wine, but how to grow it. If you want to talk about what clones are important, what a vintage was like, or what it's like in the top cruise of Verduno, which is an area that offers superb value within Barolo, there's really no one better you can talk to than Fabio. Here's what he had to say. Ciao, ciao, Levi. Could you tell us just a little bit about Burlotto? Yeah, Burlotto. Burlotto is an old family involved in the barrel production. I'm the fifth generation. And uh, more than 150 years of uh, work here in Verduno. Always here in this cellar, in this, with our family. And uh, yeah, it's a small, medium small cellar for the area. Today we have four, 14, 15 hectares. 10 hectares in Verduno village, 0.7 hectares in Barolo in the, in the famous crew Canubi, and uh, three, four hectares in Rodi village where we cultivate Barbera, uh, Dolcetto, and a little bit of Fraser. So for uh, for the, the the red variety, we cultivate just the the classic red variety. So the free one no grapes are uh, as uh, Dolcetto, Barbera, and Nebbiolo. Uh, a little bit of Fraser, the old an old variety Fraser, probably the father or the mother of the Nebbiolo, and the Pelaverga in Verduno. Pelaverga, this is another very old variety, indigenous variety, historically cultivated only here in Verduno. The vinification is very classic, very traditional, and the aging too. And your ancestor was one of the first to bottle Barolo in a bottle as opposed to a, a basket or demijohn. Uh, like that, so kind of a, the first to bottle as we might associate Barolo in a bottle today. Is that, is that true? Uh, the legends say that. Uh, we, it's very difficult if uh, it's really true or not, but the legends say that uh, my great-great-grandfather was one of the first people or the first people who bottled uh, Barolo with his label, with his signature. Before it was uh, normal to, to sell Barolo in uh, Damigiana or in Barra. Yeah? Uh, introduced the practice of the bottling. Yeah, at the time uh, he was one of the pioneers. No, of the, the, the was a, he's considered one of the father of the Barolo and a pioneer of the Barolo. Yeah. And how would you sum up the style or how you trend to interpret your own vineyard sites? What is it that you look for in the wines uh, that you like to make? Oh, it's uh, it's. Quite easy. We try to exalt the the what Verduno and Barolo and Canubi offer us. Also because uh, so Verduno offer elegance, offer harmony, balance, uh, a lot of uh, aroma. No, the, the 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 wine made in Verduno are more gentle than rich and uh, and bold you know and so we we love the uh, this uh, this style of wine and so we try to exalt this uh, and uh, yeah so here you are uh halfway through or a bit away through the 2012 vintage how's the vintage and the harvest going for you so uh, so far 
So it's, uh, it's still too early for me to speak now. Uh, we had, um, till today we are quite happy. The spring was uh, quite humid uh, and the beginning of the summer too. We had uh, a lot of rain, the beginning of summer in the spring. The summer was, uh, was quite warm. Yeah. Especially the last week of, uh, the last week of August was uh, really warm. After after this week, the, the the weather changed a lot. We had four or five days with rain, and uh, the temperature go down immediately. Uh, so we just harvested the the, the Sauvignon Blanc, uh, the Dolcetto d'Alba, and the Vinaya of Pelaverga. And now we hope that the weather helps us. Uh, today the weather was not perfect, so we stopped the harvest, and we hope to continue tomorrow with another vineyard of Pelaverga. So today we are happy, but we have to see what happened this day. If the, the, the weather helps us, uh, we can say that probably we will have another good vintage. We'll see if uh, fantastic, uh, really good, or only good. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we, the, the grapes are, are fine now. And uh, in addition to Pelaverga, which is a native indigenous grape variety to Verduno, the area of Barolo you're located in, you make another uh, grape variety that not a lot of people make called Freja. Could you tell me a little bit more about the characteristics of Freja and what it's like to work with both in the vineyard and the cellar? Mm. Freja, mm, uh, some study made uh, with the, in the University of Turin Say that probably Fraser is the father or mother of the Nebbiolo grape. No, Nebbiolo and Fraser, a, a large part of DNA in these two grapes is the same. And Fraser is older than Nebbiolo, so uh, we think that probably Nebbiolo comes from Fraser. Uh, Fraser is, uh, for me, Fraser and Nebbiolo are like two cousins. Uh, the Fraser is the cousin more uh, vigorous, more a little bit more rustic. Uh, with more energy, uh, while the Nebbiolo is the cousin more elegant, more delicate, uh, if you want more complex too. No? In the vineyard, they are quite similar, um, but Fraser need a little bit more attention because uh, the, the tanning of the Fraser doesn't write very well as the tanning of Nebbiolo. Uh, so if you want to, to produce a really classic style phrase, I speak about a phrase still uh, made in a classic way. I don't speak about a phrase sparkling, easy wine. But if you want to make a classic phrase, uh, you have to find the right position, uh, the really good soil for phrase. Because of, and also the heel have to be a little bit lower than the biolo uh, uh, because of... Uh, for to have a completely uh, maturity of the grape, to have the completely maturity of the grape is more difficult than for Nebbiolo. So more attention and uh, same soil, the same exposition for Nebbiolo for Barolo. And can you talk, tell a little bit about your own history with the estate and at what age you uh, got involved with the winemaking here and how, uh, what was it like to grow up in this place? So we have a long history. Probably today we are the 
the oldest or one of the oldest in fam uh, family involved in the barrel production. There is some names, some seller order older than us, but they change the owner, they change the property, they change place. So uh, um, I'm the fifth generation working one in my family, always here in this uh, in this place in the same cellar. Um, as we uh, told before. Um, the, the founder of the cellar, Giovanni Battista Bullot, my great-grandfather, is considered one of the father of the Barolo. He uh, introduced the practice to bottle Barolo, and he was the the the, 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 the he produced the wine for the royal family. Uh, in, the, in our cellar, you can see some a big uh, cask. Uh, uh, old cask where he teaches the wine for the royal family with the symbol of the royal family. Uh, so the history is long, very long, and for me it's important to to maintain, to yeah, continue no, the, the the work of uh, my my family. Uh, when did did you go to enology school, or did you learn by watching? Yeah, I studied in the Technical School of Viticulture and Enology in the University of Viticulture and Enology. Uh, this is the reason because my English is so bad because I always studied French, no, <laughs> in the school. So I learned the English speaking with the people, and um, I finished my study in ninety nine, two thousand. So from two thousand, I I. In 2000, I started to work uh, in the cellar, but also during my university, I studied and worked with my father and my mother. After some experience outside, yeah, of course, but small experience. But fortunately, my parents give me, uh, with pleasure, the, the the possibility to experiment, to to do, to try. You know, they they were not so. Uh, protective with me, and they told me the they gave me the the, the liberty to to do what uh, to to do what I want to do what I feel. Uh, a lot of times, uh, we enjoy the, these wines in the region with the local dishes of Italian northern Italian cuisine. Is there food from other areas of the world that you enjoy with the wines that you produce? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, the Piedmontese wine are, are wine for food, of course. With Piedmontese food, with Italian food, are really good. But I think that uh, uh, they match very, very well with many different kind of kitchen. No? Uh, for example, the Pella Verga is, I think, is a really good wine for sushi, sashimi, for the for the Japanese food, for the Thai food. Uh, Barolo, I love Barolo with the stack too. Uh, for me, one of the best moments for drink Barolo is with a, an American stack, not too. Uh, so I think, uh, of course, Piedmontese food and Piedmontese wine are the best, the best things uh, if you want to appreciate the wine. But uh, the old kitchen is good. Uh, um, sometimes the people ask me what. Uh, uh, what I have to eat uh, with Barolo. No? I, Barolo is so uh, important why I have to 
cook uh, all day for to prepare a meal uh, important for the Barolo. I, I often answer that open the fridge, bring a piece of good cheese and open the bottle. No? It's easy. So mm, it's not important to have uh, Italian food with Italian wine. You can, I think that Piemontese wine are neat food, but many different kinds of food. At what age do you start typically drinking the wines of Barlotto in, in, in your own dinners? What, when do you prefer to start drinking the wines of the Barolo? Speaking about Barolo, um, drink for, uh, so I'm a drinker or quite young Barolo, honestly. Uh, especially when I'm during the meal. Uh, so I think that uh, very uh, all bottle of Barolo very good uh, concert uh, storage uh, uh, and uh, in a good vintage uh, with a good producer can offer something really special. Uh, about 20 or 30 or 40 years, uh, 40 years Barolo, 30 years Barolo can offer some emotion that uh, is difficult to find in some other wine. So it's a special occasion, it's a special event, a special taste of wine. And probably the best uh, emotion that you can have from a wine, you have from this bottle, no? All bottle, good aged, no? But usually when, uh, uh, when I have a lunch or a dinner, I usually drink a Barolo a little bit younger because with food I need a wine that uh, that have a little bit more that have a, a little bit of freshness, no, uh, a little bit of acidity, a little bit of uh, tannin who clean me the palate. So usually when I go to the restaurant, uh, I order a bottle of Barolo from around ten years old from 6 to 12, 13, 15 years old. This is my idea of Barolo, when I eat. When I, I just open a bottle and I have time for to drink a glass of Barolo and uh, give the wine more attention, I can open bottle older. But for drinking during a meal for me, uh, I, I prefer a bottle around 10 years old. Do you typically decant those wines, or a difficult question? It depends on the wine. Uh, when the wine is really old, before to decant the, the bottle, I prefer to taste the wine because uh, some old wine are really good in uh, just a few minutes, no? And after the quality go down, no? And so, in, if I if I feel that. Uh, uh, it's not necessary. I prefer to taste before and after I decide if they can't or not they can't. Uh, for a young Barolo, uh, the decant is not a bad thing. So, uh, it's not a bad thing, so especially if we don't have time to wait the bottle. So if uh, I'm in the restaurant uh, and I have a lunch uh, for one hour, or half an hour and decide to open a bottle of Barolo, probably the decanter is a good solution. 
If I have time, uh, I open a bottle at home. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a good solution to open the bottle and see how the wine changes during the time. No? But we need time. <laughs> uh, obviously, a lot of Barolo is sold in America today. Do you think that... Um, is there anything in particular that maybe the American market doesn't understand about... Monte or Barolo that stands out for you when you speak with customers? Hmm. Uh, I think that I appreciate a lot the, 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 the American market because it's um, the people want to learn. And this for me, it's very, very important, especially uh, in particular the, the, the people who work in the, the wine shop, in the restaurant. Every time that I visit New York, not often, unfortunately, but uh, Sometime uh, the people want to learn. Uh, the people is really open uh, for to to hear something new. Uh, and for me, it's uh, this is really really important in our job because uh, the wine is so complicated. And if uh, we have our, our idea, we want to and want to change, uh, we want to never change. Uh, it's a little bit a mistake, I think, no, in the wine. So. It's important to learn, it's important to hear, and uh, the American market, uh, it's open. Uh, and this is really, really important. I think also that uh, I feel that the, 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 the American taste is changing a little bit, no? Fortunately for my wine, because of... Uh, I feel that uh, now the, the, the people... Uh, Appreciate more and more the elegant style, the finesse. Uh, uh, probably 15, 20 years ago, uh, the people appreciate more the, the, the power of the wine, that the, they would like to, to, to drink wine a little bit more oaky, more rich, more power. And so it's not my point of view, it's not my idea of wine. No, but now, I feel that uh, the people is interesting more and more, and they appreciate more and more the elegant, the finesse. So it's a good thing, I think, for for me and for my idea of wine. What's next for Berlotto? Are there any new projects in terms of maybe a, a new wine or a new vineyard or uh, something that might happen in the future that is on the horizon? So we we made a lot of things in this year, as you can see. We made a renovation of a part of the cellar. Uh, we produce fourteen wines, <laughs> so we have a range so large of wine that we are quite busy, no? And so I think in the next future we don't we don't have any news, any new wine. I have only, uh, not a dream, but uh, uh, if uh, I would like to to, uh, to have a vineyard in, uh, uh, to, yeah, to, 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 to rent, to buy a vineyard uh, in Montforte, Serralunga, Castillo, Folletto, because of, uh, as you know, our property is in Verduno, so in the part of the area of the Barolo, where the Barolo are more elegant, more delicate, more uh, with more balance. No, uh, we have a vineyard in Canubi, who is exactly in the middle, 
And so I would like to, to, to try to unify some grape of, of Barolo from the, the other side, no? Uh, where the Barolo is, is a little bit more uh, power, more tannic, no? Just for to have the, the for to complete my experience with Barolo. So, uh, I love, um, I, in the wine, I, I love the elegance, I love the complexity on, on the aroma and the harmony and the balance. So I'm happy to be here and to, to have the possibility to, to vinify uh, Verduno the, and Canubi, because Canubi, many, many people think that Canubi is a vineyard of power, but it's not true. Canubi is elegance. Uh, Canubi is one of the most elegant vineyards in the Barolo area. But uh, from my experience, it would be nice to, to have the possibility to vinify a vineyard in Monforte and in Saralunga for to see what happens there. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tanoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.